Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. We got a great episode for you today. It's the final Wednesday of the month, and we are going to be talking about all the changes that have happened on the truckload market, where we are headed. And if you read the title of today's episode, you'll notice that it had something along the lines of the freight market has bottomed or is the bottom in. I'm in charge of writing the title, so I wrote that. But there are folks up here on this panel that might disagree with that statement. So uh, we might hear a little bit from that later today. But um, today, we're going to talk about demand. We're going to talk about what that demand is doing to rates, both on the contract and spot side for truckload. And then we're going to look about how that is impacting uh, capacity by different modes for both flatbed, reefer, and drive-in. Uh, but before we get into that, gentlemen, um, we want to, uh, what, what, do you guys, what do you guys think about my title? That's my bold call. Uh, the freight market is bottom. Specifically, just to be clear, I'm talking about demand. Rates may shift, capacity may shift a little bit. I'm talking about demand here has mostly bottomed. And I think capacity has mostly bottomed as well relative to demand. I think it, I mean, it's a... No, say, say what you mean. Pretty bold. I mean, I think the concern here, and I've seen it from two CFOs of two major banks, I mean, that consumer credit is deteriorating mm-hmm. relatively rapidly. I think the interest rate rises are finally starting to hit consumers. I mean, you saw retail sales fall. But in November, well, those were off difficult comps. December was off of easier comps, and they fell more than what they did in November. What's that mean for as we move forward where there isn't holiday spending? If you're not, spending's not being driven, or there is a slowdown in consumer spending, industrial production's declining. That doesn't pose well for freight volumes. I mean, ultimately, there's nothing that's going to drive demand higher, right? If it's bottomed, it doesn't mean that we're going up from here. It I just didn't means, say recovery. I yeah. just said bottom. Yeah, and it, it's, you know. hang out for a while. It's it's okay that if consumers can can take care of their debt and can pay off their credit yeah. cards. If they've got jobs and they're mm-hmm. working, it's fine. Keep spending money on your credit card. Keep paying it off. Yeah. But now we're seeing to start to see headlines. Google, 10,000 people, right? The, these big headlines of these big tech companies starting to fire people off. I mean, think about how many people went out there and bought a new house, bought a new Range Rover, yeah. bought a dog, you know? Like, if they start to lose their jobs, now that's when it starts to become a problem. During the pandemic, Amazon hired approximately 700,000 people over Mm -hmm. the last three years. They laid off 18,000. Google hired 12,000 in the first half of the year and then laid off 12,000 at the end of the year because the economics has shifted, right? So we're we're still holding on to a lot of that. Like, I I think, Mm -hmm. and and here's the other thing too, is right, we, and and you brought up a good point about industrial production. That is a valid point. I think that will definitely impact part of the markets as well. Um, but the part, part of the reality too is like a lot of, a lot of these sales numbers, you have to think about what are people going to stop spending money on first? Like you don't need, like, this is something in my own home. We're like, you know what? I don't need a Hulu subscription and a Netflix and a Disney subscription and you know, whatever else there is, HBO now and Paramount and all that stuff. So it's like, I'm just going to get one and maybe split another one. And like, that's it. So like you can save money that way as well. That mm-hmm. has zero impl- implication on freight. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't disagree. And I think those are areas that consumers will cut. But I mean, you'll also cut on, you'll sh- there'll be the shift from name brand goods to private label goods, yes. which does impact freight movements too. <clears throat> and it, it, it won't, it may not be a one-to-one impact, right? Yeah. But I mean, you're going to see, how many TVs do you need? Mm-hmm. There's the other question, yeah, right? TVs, fair. how much furniture, how many refrigerators do you... So things that people have been spending money on and things that mm-hmm. come with new houses and, and shifts like that. Clothes, another one, right? How many yeah. clothes do you... That's an area that gets cut back during this time because yeah. you don't need to necessarily... 
your clothes still, they may not be in style, but as long as they don't have holes in them and still do their job, you don't need to go spend more money on something like that when you still have to pay for these necessities. One thing that makes me a little bit bullish on um, the demand uh, for freight bottoming, I don't, not necessarily recovery. I think we're going to hang out here for a little Mm -hmm. while, but I, I do think we're either at the bottom or very close to it is um, we're, I think we're, we're seeing a lot of companies realize that they need to move their inventory, right? And they're discounting quite heavily. Tesla, for example, they disc, they, they've cut the prices for a lot of things and they saw demand really rocking. So mm-hmm. I think consumers are ready. They, they want to buy some things. They're just, they just need a little bit of assistance. And I think mm-hmm. when we're doing that, we're going to start seeing inventory move. Target as well, they're noticing that the inventory, as soon as they cut prices for things, start flying. Walmart did the same thing for a lot of the clothes that they sell. So if we if we continue to go down that road, and I think you made a good point, if we shift towards generic items where you have the ability to cut the price a little bit, we might see some movement. Let's go ahead though. I want let's throw up the chart though uh, of demand, and and this is part of where I think we're falling into a pattern here. I'm gonna come. Uh, um, yeah, there it is, right there. So look at this. And I'll, I'll walk over to the chart here. Actually, let me let me walk over it real quick. So you, you've got all you've got all the different years here, and this is what I'm talking about. You see down here where that blue shaded line is year to date. It's following a very similar pattern as the previous years, as well as even the pandemic years. We're just at a lower level, and and that is to me that that's exciting. That that's a signal that we might either be at or very near the bottom. We're falling into a seasonal pattern. We've already fallen. We fell from from these highs during 2022, 2021, and 2020. Right, and it seems like we're settling in just a hair above that 2019 start of 2020 level on demand side. Right? Yeah, and I don't disagree with that. I mean, going back, I mean, spending patterns haven't returned to those pandemic pre-pandemic levels, and I think that's one thing that we've been waiting for. I mean, you've started to see this kind of shift in spending from goods back to services. I think. In the most recent Bank of America Bank of America credit card report, you saw services spending as a percentage of total spending was mm-hmm. basically the same as where it was in 2019. Now, obviously, that number's up because if you factor in inflation and things like that, the number of dollars that are being spent is higher. But in terms of a percentage of total spending, it's about the same. And that's a, a trend that, hey, yeah, we may still be shipping more goods, but we have seen that shift. And that's a big reason why we've seen uh, demand not be as sustainable at those elevated levels. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I think, I don't necessarily think it's going to come from a spending change mm-hmm. at a bottom like Luke's talking about. In my opinion, it's going to come from rates dropping so far down yeah. that we're going to have to see some mid to large carriers start to shut their doors. In my opinion, I think that's what's going to make the market shift yep. is, again, you're gonna, there, there's got to be that, that one carrier that kind of starts to trend. But when rejection rates start to fall, and, and contract rates start to follow it, eventually you're going to have carriers exit the market. And in my opinion, that's what I'm looking for to see the bottom. Yep, 100%. I Actually, think- I think there's a lot of truth to that too. I'm glad you said that. Because this is, I, I think really what this is, I want to be very clear here, the, the bottom or near bottom that I'm calling here is really just demand. I think demand's ahead of rates. Rates still have room to fall, especially on the contract side. I still think they're going to fall. And I think you're right. I think we're going to sit in this demand level for a long time. That's really the, that's really the, the, the case that I'm making for. But capacity may shift outside of that due to those exits. So I think that's a fair point. If those rates continue to fall, um, and let's go ahead, let's pull up rates real quick just so we can see where they've, where they've shifted over, the, over time. Um, so we'll pull up contract rates and spot rates here in this chart, and we'll see how much they've shifted. And they're beginning to, they're beginning to inch back down. They're giving up a lot of those uh, uh, holiday, post-holiday gains that they had. Here's a great example, right? So we've got 
In blue, we've got contract rates. Uh, just basically at a one-year low, maybe plus or minus one cent uh, per mile. This is line haul in blue, uh, sitting at 259. And then spot rates there uh, right at 201. Again, line haul as well. So they've definitely come down quite a bit, sitting at a near 52-week low on the spot side. Um, and again, with that demand low, again, I, I think rates probably have a little bit of room before they catch up to where demand has fallen. Yeah, um, yeah and I, I think one of the things to remember uh, when we're looking at OTBI, it really tracks heavier, more to the contract side of the market, yeah. right? So you're seeing spot rates decline. There's less freight flowing into the spot market, mm -hmm. right? Because carriers are taking advantage of that, that spread between contract and spot rates, and there's no incentive for them to turn down freight. And I think some of that is why you're seeing those volumes as a whole kind of stay elevated. I mean, there's more going into the contract market. and But I do think this is where you're right in saying that there is room to fall both on the contract and spot side. I don't think we're near the bottom on from spot rates. Just And it's going to be some time before contract rates can catch up to that because, one, shippers aren't going to be want to be caught the way they were during the pandemic, right? So naturally, contract rates may stay a little elevated, even though they've gained some of that pricing power back. But that gap has to close. I mean, you're talking, what is it, almost 60 cents right here? Yeah. It, you're just, it, that's just not sustainable. We've been talking about it since really April and May when it widened, that it was just, it's just a matter of time before it catches up. But you also have new RFPs starting to hit mm -hmm. in January, right? Yep. So they're starting to get paid. So as those averages start to drag that down, you're going to continue to see declines in yep. those contract rates. And mm -hmm. so my point is that how far and at what number does that contract rate have to fall for carriers to not be able to operationally afford to move? Yeah, and, and there's a good, I mean, you start looking at some of these labor, cost of labor have gone up, cost of fuel, which is, those are the top two expenses for wow. a carrier. Those two have soared recently. I mean, labor has gotten way more expensive, but then we talk diesel prices. I mean, they're back on the rise. And it's, I had this conversation earlier today. It's very, it can happen very quick where you go from a 95 operating ratio where you're making five cents for every dollar you bring in to now that being at 105 and you're losing five cents yep. for every dollar you bring in. So it's, it's, I think you're right in saying that it's going to be a capacity-driven any bump in rates that we see that we're going to have to see exits and not just exits from just small carriers. It's going to have to be, I would say, a massive carrier, but you're going to have to see some of these larger fleets. I think uh, on FreightWaves.com, there was one 50 trucks that had been in business for, what, 50 years mm -hmm. that just the market conditions right now aren't sustainable and it makes more sense to exit the market. Now, Luke, have you heard from some of our, our you know, shipper prospects that you're talking to about the market? How are they approaching some of these changes? Do, do, they, do most of them understand that contractor rates will continue to fall and that they need to continue to do these short RFPs to take advantage of the market? So it's, it's an interesting dynamic. I think a lot of them saw some of those mid-cycle RFPs that happened or those mini-vids during you know, the year, especially in the last six months. And they were able to capture some cost savings on the contract side. So that was exciting for them, able to get some of that back. Now, what seems to be a common trend is the leadership team, <clears throat> excuse me, the executives that were so, you know, focused on supply chains and those disruptions that we had during the pandemic or the, the peak of the pandemic, that they're pressuring them to go back out to the market and get further discounts. 
Um, and I think there's been a little bit of pressure by a lot of those transportation managers and sourcing managers and, and procurement directors to go and do that. So right now, I think now that they're in Q1, this is the main bid. They're looking for those lower rates, but a rate also, they are cautious. They know what happened before. They want lower rates, but they want a lower rate that a carrier can sustain for a long period of time. So I, I, think, I think we're going to see contract rates come down further. I don't think we're going to see them come all the way down to this $2 a mile line haul level that we've seen uh, spot rates come down to. But I, I think they're going to land somewhere in the middle, um, which, which I think would actually be a good thing. I think that would be smart for shippers not to push it all the way down to the bottom. Yeah, I think, Luke, we've had this conversation yeah. offline talking about some of the the shippers and like their philosophy and I mean using SCI prime example right they don't want to lose or they don't want to take advantage of the lanes that are really hard to cover right they're yeah. they they want to keep those relationships because that's where they got burned throughout the pandemic right those harder mm-hmm. to cover lanes if they were underpaying they just they ended up way overpaying because it had to go to the spot market well now those relationships are forged and yeah. and they've worked their way into this acceptable rate on both sides, where really they want to take advantage of those easier to cover, where there's ample capacity, but the risk of overpayment isn't necessarily as high because they are easier to pay. I think that's where I think a lot of the focus is going to be is on those lanes where, hey, I can go out into the marketplace and find a truck to cover this. Like, why can we work to get this rate down? And, mm-hmm. and that's where you can generate a lot of savings and maintain quality relationships on on difficult to cover lanes. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think too, especially as we get into late February, March, and especially April, we're really gonna see that blue line there fall a lot lower than where it currently is. Those are those contract rates. We're gonna start seeing them come into effect. Um, and, and a conversation that I have a lot of times on the shipper side when I'm talking to a lot of those folks is, it's when they realize Tanner, or excuse me, um, uh, Tony, to your point about those easy to cover lanes, they are lowering their rates on them, but they're trying to give more volume to those carriers who took care of them. So it's, a, it's you know, they might make a little bit less on a per load basis, but they're given more volume uh, in total to keep those trucks moving, which I think is really important right now as demand's falling. I mean, Tanner, I mean, how often do you, do you talk to any carrier uh, carriers right now? And it's, you know, it's a struggle just to keep some of the wheels moving, especially if they're in the spot market, right? Yeah, it's really tough for them right now. Um, I always try to emphasize to try to get away from the spot market, right? I was putting an example out there. Tony, you've talked about it before. Is just, just if you're a hedge fund or if you're investing in stocks, you need to always be able to have those lower yielding investments just in case there's a rainy day. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in the transportation markets, yep. right? You Even though spot rates a couple of years ago got so high, you've got to have something to fall back on in case of a rainy day. Um, so the conversations we have with the carriers, hey, use Sonar, use the tools that are available to you to create those relationships yep. with shippers. Um, I understand the contractor rates are going to continue to fall, but you've got to lock some things in because eventually when it does shift and it comes right back down, you've got to be able to fall back. Yeah, I mean, thinking of it like the stock market and the, and the hedge fund, I mean, the bond market, right? I mean, it's guaranteed income. But it's kind of boring. It's boring. I mean, yeah. So I mean, but guess what? It's guaranteed income. Yep. So having that that stream of steady income really does, in a time like this where there's so much volatility and most of that volatility is to the downside or that downside risk, it gives you the ability to, hey, we're still going to make it through just fine. 
but we're going to be able, it's going to be tighten the belt, but we don't, aren't worried about necessarily closing our doors right away. Yeah. And unfortunately, the transportation market and the trucking industry is an industry where when things are great, a lot of people hop in. Yep. When things are bad, a lot of people leave. And I think to Luke's point, I think that's kind of what, that's his projecting on demand uh, is that the transportation market can change so rapidly just due to the amount of people that come yep. in and out of the marketplace. It's it's not something that's yep. set in stone. Um, and you heard it here first, folks. Tony said, put all of your money into bonds, okay? So that's what he said. <laughs> so, just kidding. Uh, Right, so, Tony? No. Yeah. All right. I want to. I want to go to. I want to go to the next chart. We've talked a lot about demand, and we've talked about the impact of rates and where we think rates are going. Again, I'm calling for a demand bottom. Some other folks think there's still more room to fall. I agree, there's room to fall on the rate side, but um, I think demand's falling. Anyways, let's look at capacity though, because capacity is the other side of that coin, right? I mean, demand could stay find the bottom, but if capacity shifts directions, that's going to have a lot of implications, even if demand does stay true. So. We've got, um, look at my beautiful colors here, by the way. Doesn't that look great? I, I, I did that in case anybody was curious. But uh, we've got flatbed, we've got reefer, and we've got van um, here. And these are tender rejection percentages, meaning what percent of those contract loads ultimately get rejected and pushed to the spot market. So uh, we're at about 13% there um, in blue. That's the flatbed. We're about uh, just over 5.5% for the pink line. That's reefer. And then we're just a smidge under uh, over three and a half percent for van, which is the green line. Um, I want to highlight van and reefer here real quick. I mean, that is, I mean, that's about as low as it's ever been over the last 52 weeks. I mean, that is, I mean, it, it doesn't get much lower than that. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, the only time I've seen it lower was right at the initial COVID shutdown. Yes. Right. Right. And what, late April, early May 2020 it was the only time I've ever seen it actually mm-hmm. lower. But I mean, you have to remember, rejections kind of had this natural floor because carriers can't necessarily cover everything. So just because ca- capacity will be displaced, like there's not going to be a truck here, we can't cover it, we'll have to reject it, right? But I mean, you're getting really close to that natural floor if you're not at it. I mean, we they've kind of been trending sideways for the past few days at this right at three and a half percent on the van side. I think to your point, to see capacity exit we would have to see rejection rates start to move up to put any pressure on rates. And that's why, I mean, obviously we don't think rates are at the bottom, but it's, it's one of those things. It's if you see an increase in demand, a quick increase in demand, which again, I don't think is necessarily possible. It, that's where you could see a very fat, rapid rejection rate and bump in rates, but I just don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. Yep, I agree with you. I don't think so either. Uh, and if you do, it's not going to happen over a three or four day span like yeah. you see now, right? It's definitely going to be a longer term trim. I'm curious to know if, is there a mode of transportation looking kind of at this chart? Luke, do you think there's a mode of transportation that might act differently than, than, than all the others, maybe leading in the rest of the year? Of these three? Yeah, of these three, which one do you think might act differently? That's a tough one. I, I was, if you had listened to me before, I was, a, I, was I, I kind of got a little bit of hope uh, a couple of weeks ago when lumber prices were falling, that flatbed was going to do a little bit better. Last couple of weeks haven't really shown anything, although that can be a really slow mover, especially with interest rates rising still. Um, so flatbed is, is questionable, but it has held up better. It has held up better. Mm-hmm. Um, it has held up better. I think if, 
I, I think reefer has the potential. The only challenge with reefer is produce has been a little bit lower um, uh, out of Florida and California and Arizona. So, um, but as people continue to, people are going to have to keep buying food, right? That's the reality of it. So I think from a, from a, from a, from a refrigerated perspective, um, I think reefer has the potential to do the best out of these three. Um, I don't know that it's going to be as, it's certainly not going to be as, as amazing as it was, but it's, I, I don't think reefer, if you ask me to place money on one of these three, that demand is 100% fallen. And I think it's the bottoms there. I'd put my money on reefer first. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think the reefer market benefits right now from colder weather. I yeah. mean, you look at what's going on in the Northeast across the Midwest, that colder weather, you have the increased protect from freeze loads, things that have to go on reefer units, not even necessarily to stay cold, but to stay at a temperature where the product itself won't freeze, right? I mean, think about paint and things like that. If it freezes, it's not great, right? So it's one of those things that there are outside influences that can can drive reefer rejections up uh, and also help prop demand up, right? I agree, especially if we do continue to head more into a recessionary period. Mm-hmm. Like Luke said, the thing that people fall back on, if you only had $10 this week to spend on something and we're in a recession, it's going to be food. Yep. Um, and so if that van and flatbed market do eggs. continue to fall, not eggs, not, not if eggs, eggs keep flying up, right? But yes, if you only had money to spend this week uh, and you're in a full recession, it's going to be food. Um, yep. So if van and flatbed continue to fall, we continue to jump into that recessionary period. I agree with you guys. I think refrigerated might be the one that's saved from this. Yeah, yeah. Well, look here. Let's call this out real quick. It might be tough to see, but way down here where that pink line goes beneath the green, that's right at, uh, basically right at the start of June. Um, that was a tough period. That was actually, I think, what, probably one of the first times, that might have been the only time I've seen reefer tender rejections live actually go below uh, vans. That was pretty impressive. Let's go to the next chart. I want to view the same thing here, but on a much longer time horizon, just so we can get an idea on how things have shifted so much. Oh, yes, since the pandemic, but even prior. I mean, we've got the last five years here. So you've got 2018 all the way here on the right. We know that was a pretty pretty good year, especially the first half of 2018. And then everything to the right. I mean, and you can see pink line, green line, that's Phantom Reefer. Really, the only times that are lower are right there. Tony, you call it bottom of the pandemic, that shutdown. Outside yeah. of that, it's pretty much there. Flatbed, on the other hand, blue line, held on to a decent amount of its, its gains. In fact, really, it's pretty much, I mean, apart from the pandemic, it's right in line with where it was at the start of 2019. Yeah, and again, it's one of those things that I saw, I was looking at housing start data and our flatbed rejections track pretty close to that. But I mean, you saw kind of this explosion in housing starts in the Northeast, which is interesting because it's not an area where you typically see housing starts just because there's already so much housing built out there. It's so mature. But it's one of those areas, and this is where... Part of me wishes we had flatbed rejections and could break it out. Not necessarily by market, but at least by region, just to kind of get an idea of how things are changing based on where they're at, right? Because we may have seen flatbed rejections soar up in the Northeast with housing starts, but here in the South or in the Midwest where they fell pretty substantially, the impacts were not as important or as effective. Yeah, I think you'd see the same thing in the refrigerated market as well, yep. right? Especially during produce season, you'll start to see it move across the United States yep. from Florida over uh, and definitely start to see some of those shifts. I agree with you. 
Absolutely. So, I mean, it, there's a lot going on in in the freight market, but uh, the next few months are going to be exciting. It just may not be exciting in in the way everybody depends on who you're asking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it's going to be an interesting time for sure. I think too something something that's important is you know you can have, I think we've we've largely had our freight recession, right? I mean, we've seen a collapse in the spot market. We've seen demand collapse. We're seeing contract rates come down as well. Rejections are down. I mean, we, we've and we've been here for a while, right? The greater economy, and that's really represented by the physical goods economy. The greater economy may experience a recession. Maybe it might even be minor. It may not even happen, but it could happen months after the freight market is starting to shift directions a little bit here. Because again, freight market very dependent on the physical goods economy, which rep- represents approximately a third of our economy today. So um, something to look forward to, I think, to see where that happens and where that shifts moves. But uh, I think largely, I'd, I'd say demand is either at the bottom or very close to it. A um, couple other things probably still have to fall to catch up, but we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it and we'll let you know. Uh, we will see you next Wednesday live, 3 p.m. every Wednesday. In the meantime, have a fantastic rest of your Wednesday. Take care.